Welcome to Edwards Air Force Base Beyond the Test, a podcast that goes behind the scenes of the flight test mission at Edwards Air Force Base. I'm Don Waldman from the 412 Test Wing Public Affairs Office. They are clearly visible via satellites and people orbiting the Earth in space. And the largest of the two covers more than 28,302 acres. You guessed it, we're talking about the lake beds that are a big part of Edwards Air Force Base, both historically and present day. And here to lead today's conversation is the airfield manager of Edwards Air Force Base, Mr. Dave Sampson of the 412th OSS. So Dave, is it safe to say that Edwards Air Force Base is here because of the Rogers and Roseman Dry Lake Beds? Absolutely. It was first established here back in the 30s by Hap Ronald from, at that time, March Army Air Base. He wanted to establish a bombing and gunnery range out here. And he's famous for the saying that uh, the the lake beds, or Muroc Lake Bed, it was as, as it was known back then, was God's gift to the Army Air Corps. So <laughs> yes, absolutely, we're here because of the lake bed. Well, back then, there were no paved runways, and they did everything on the lake beds, from working to living on it. At the start, there was nothing but a tent city on the the east shore of the lake bed, and there was a runway established on the lake bed. I think it might have even been lighted um, because I've seen some little light fixtures actually on the east lake bed where this runway would have been, and there's also a tetrahedron wind uh, wind direction indicator for the for the runway right there on the lake shore. Well, speaking of the runways, airfield management has to conduct mandatory checks of each runway every day. Recently, I had the awesome opportunity to accompany you on an inspection of all the runways. Let's take a listen. We're standing on the historic Rogers Lake bed, which is a special access area. And while we're here for the purpose of conducting the daily inspections, I thought, Dave, we can have a little chat while we're out here and enjoy the nice panoramic view. Sure. Okay, so first of all, how many runways do we currently have at Edwards and where are they located? Well, we're down to only 15 now. We've got uh, four paved runways, north base, main base, and south base, and then the rest of them are on either Rogers Lake Bed or Roseman Lake Bed. One is out on Roseman, and then all the rest of them are on Rogers. Okay, now how many of those lake beds are concrete, and how many are lake bed? Um, the, uh, all the paved ones, uh, Main base, it's got one concrete and one asphalt uh, runway. South base is the old uh, first paved in World War II concrete uh, runway. And then north base is kind of composite. It's, it's uh, concrete and asphalt. And the rest are all lake beds? The rest are all lake beds, yeah. Okay. Now, the lake beds, though, are they the longest other runways that we have? Yes. The... The, the longest one we currently have is 29,000 feet, Lake Bed Runway 1533. We used to have a longer one than that, uh, 1735, that was 49,000 feet long. But that's been let go for a couple of decades now. Why do you let it go? Um, the, the lake beds really suffered from drought and also having the, uh, the aquifer under the lake bed pumped out. So the, the south lake bed, uh, where most of 1735 used to used to lie has really suffered a lot from the aquifer pumping. But uh, with the drought, we get more potholes, more fissures, more damage to the lake bed uh, material itself. So we've actually reduced the number of runways kind of as a result of that. Okay. 
Now, uh, we know this is a huge airfield, but how does it compare to an airport others may be familiar with, such as LAX? Well, LAX, in terms of size, the whole thing would probably fit in one corner of the South Lake bed. Um, they've got four runways. I think their longest one is, al- or the, the shortest one is almost 9,000 feet, and I think their longest one is either close to 12 or 13,000 feet. So our big paved runways, 15,000 feet by 300 wide, so it, it's, that is a mighty big runway. Definitely. It's a lot to take care of, too, from airfield management. Indeed it is. It's incredible to have this opportunity to stand on the Rogers Lake bed and realize that the X-15, the space shuttles, and, and so much more has touched down on this massive dry lake. When we come back, we'll talk about why we land on it and the serious threats that affect it. Welcome back to Edwards Beyond the Test. Our guest today is Dave Sampson, who is the airfield manager for Edwards Air Force Base. Dave, today we mostly land on our four paved runways, but the lake bed is still used. Can you tell us about that? Our routine users of the lake bed is is test pilot school. Part of their curriculum is to um, do T-38 and C-12 operations on the lake bed, but we've also had um, crosswind testing for a lot of different vehicles. For example, a few years ago, we did crosswind testing for the Global Hawk. Uh, We also launched the, the um, hydrogen-powered UAV, the, the, the Phantom Eye out there, um, that was launched off the lake bed because it launched on a cart and then landed on kind of skids. So that's That going, sounds very interesting. Yeah, that's sort of going back to the, the X-15 days. Mm-hmm. Um, also, uh, X-29, or A-29, correction, uh, we did crosswind uh, testing for that aircraft as well. You know, while the lake beds are maintained, as, as we talked, as much as you can maintain them, you don't remove FOD and, or foreign de- object debris from the ground. So if an aircraft has to land on that, are they at risk of serious damage? I think we've proven over the last few years not really. You know, it's kind of ironic how we collect everything off of the, the paved surfaces on the airfield. But like you said, we don't do any debris mitigation on the on the lake bed at all. So, you know, there have been times when we've purposefully landed F-16s on the lake bed. Um, we had the main base runway go out of out of limits for wind one day and we recovered a four ship on the on one of the lake bed runways and the the key is once the aircraft lands if they can remain in idle and keep taxiing then they're good to go but if they got to bump up the power to keep moving then they have to shut down in place or else they're going to suck in a bunch of debris from the lake bed oh i see so if that happens you just tow them in right okay wow that's interesting and and does that affect most all our aircraft that way uh, the F-16 is the, the most FOD prone just because of the, the, the location of the intake. But I've seen, um, you know, C-12s, T-38s, F-16s, F-15s, uh, you know, just about everything in the inventory at, at one time land on the lake bed. When we were out on the runways the other day, I noticed that there were very few objects around them. You know, you had mentioned that your team has been working very hard to remove old non-used items, for instance, from the space shuttle program days and so on. Right. When the the shuttle program ended, there was some infrastructure on the lake bed. There were some 
uh, weather sensors, some approach lights, and some generators that went along with those. And those were pretty much removed by NASA right after the program ended. But um, on main base, around the two main base runways, we've had uh, shuttle infrastructure that was abandoned there for the last, uh, what's it, uh, 10 years or so since the, the last sh- shuttle landing. And so obviously these are nothing but obstructions now that somebody can hit on the airfield. But this this year we've been uh, fortunate to get some money from NASA to get all of that stuff removed. And that's that's a, you know, removing risk from what the the pilots and air crews have to do out there on the, the flight line every day. Well, let's talk about the maintenance of the lake bed. You know, the other day you said Mother Nature was the best maintainer by providing much needed rain. Yes, indeed. We pray for rain every year for the lake bed. Why um, is that? If we can get, say, just a half inch of, of standing water on the lake bed for most of, of the winter, the wind blows that around, it smooths the surface, it helps to fill in those uh, potholes and fissures, it soaks down into the, the material and hydrates it, and that prevents the, the future formation of potholes and fissures. And like, like I said earlier, the, the, the drought was, was very unkind to the lake bed because the, the material dried out to depth and then you, you know, obviously those water molecules are taking up space in that material and you get voids that can work their way up to the surface and that's how we get our damage. When we come back, we're going to talk about big projects for the airfield that will be happening in the year 2020, that's right around the corner, as well as how do they draw those marking lines on the runway and the compass rows, all that in just a moment. Welcome back to Edwards Beyond the Test. Our guest today is Dave Sampson, who is the airfield manager for Edwards Air Force Base. So, Dave, the new year is going to see some significant changes coming to the Edwards Airfield, which includes the redesignation of runways. Right. Uh, Actually, here at the beginning of December, we're going to be changing the the main base and south base runway designation. So the the two main base runways are going to go from 422 to 523. So that's a major change. It is huge. It's always been 422. Yeah, back to the the early to mid-1950s. And also the south base runway is going to change from 624 to um, 725. Okay, so for our non-flying listeners and those that don't understand why, why are we redesignating them? Uh, The people who make the uh, instrument procedures for aircraft um, are using a new datum, and the the magnetic variation of the Earth changes from location to location, and and the new datum actually uh, changes by about three degrees. So not only are we changing the, how the airfield is designated, but uh, the our navigational aid, the the vortac out on the east side of the lake bed, is actually getting twisted, so to speak, to, to, to change that uh, magnetic variation. So you told me previously you view the work performed by airfield management as a job of maintaining safety. Are these improvements that uh, are getting ready to happen with the infrastructure and everything, is that all part of the safety? Absolutely. Uh, I've always viewed my job as a flight safety job. It's to do things to remove risk from what the air crews are doing out on the airfield. So in, in the next year, we've got uh, a couple of big pavement projects 
that are going to replace pavement at Taxiway Charlie, which is the main taxiway that goes out to the departure ends, uh, or the approach ends rather, of uh, what's now the runway, 22 runways. And we're also going to remove, remove and replace some pavement at Taxiway Echo, which is where most of our test squadrons are. So it's going to be a lot of alternate taxi procedures and a lot of moving people around and um, but it, it's very necessary. All, all of our pavement was laid down something like 65 years ago. So oh my goodness, they it's... did a great job back then, but nothing lasts forever. And you know, we we want to replace that stuff so that we're not producing debris for aircraft uh, operations on the airfield. And part of that improvement that you're doing on the infrastructure too is that you recently updated and totally overhauled the barrier or the restraint barrier on the west end of the runway. Right. There's a requirement to um, remove and replace the aircraft arresting systems every 10 years with a a depot overhauled unit. And just to put in a big plug for our civil engineering folks, uh, they worked all this previous weekend um, to remove the energy absorbers, which are the two big pieces of equipment on either side of the runway, and the fair lead beams, which are components of the, the arresting system. And that's a lot of work for two days. And um, we've never been able to manage that before, but these guys did, they did a super job. And then first thing on Monday morning, we got a, uh, F-16 from a 416th test squadron to do, a, a certification engagement where they actually speed up and, uh, drop their hook and engage the, the arresting system, pick up the cable and, that certifies the system for use that it does in fact work. <laughs> That's awesome. That is awesome. And and to do it that quickly, because you never know what you're going to find when you start digging in that old concrete that, right. that's under there. The, the last time we did something like this, we found some, the, the concrete bed that was under the, the big heavy machinery and the barrier shacks actually had to be replaced. So that took us something like a month. So obviously, two days is is kind of a minor miracle, but those guys did a great <laughs> job and pulled it off. On the ends of the runway, there is lots of rubber down on the runway, and you have to remove that as well uh, for safety reasons because of the accumulation of it gets right. dangerous. But but you told me something very interesting. You, you do not use chemicals in the removal of that. Right. It's just done using um, pressurized water. Uh, it's a purpose-built machine that... Um, blasts the rubber off of the surface and then sucks it back up again. And there's kind of an art form to this. You have to use just the right pressure to remove the the rubber from the surface. If you use too much pressure, you actually abrade the concrete because it's so powerful. So we do this every six months. Uh, The two basic reasons for rubber removal is one, the, the rubber obscures the runway markings, and the other is that the rubber uh, laid across the runway surface, just it, it degrades the friction characteristics of the runway. So in rain, it can cause steering problems or braking problems for aircraft. So Dave, now you have to answer the big question. <laughs> just how are the marking lines put down and maintained on the on the dry lake beds? On the lake bed, um, the 
it's actually very simple. We use an oil truck just like is what used what is used for uh, asphalt roads to apply oil, and we set the the spreader bars for eight feet wide. Oh all boy. of all of the the lake bed runway sidelines are are eight feet wide. All of the runways are three hundred feet wide. So, uh, and the oil we use is kind of a it's an environmentally friendly mixture. So uh, once upon a time, they used to use probably old engine oil or something like right. that. And that stuff was very durable. The stuff we have now, if we get a good winter, we actually lose a lot of it and have to completely reapply the markings. Wow. But it's more environmentally safe. Yes. That's a lot of stuff. I mean, a lot of oil to have eight eight feet wide. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of oil. And I... I I forget how many, it's literally tons of oil if you consider all of the, the markings on the lake bed, the flyby line, the compass rows, all of those markings. Well, before I let you go, Dave, you, we should say that you are a retired Air Force Lieutenant Colonel and you previously served here at Edwards. You told me that as you departed Edwards at the end of a, an assignment, you once stated that it would be cool to come back and be the airfield manager. Well, here you are in your dream job. But Dave, tell us, what is it that excites you about working every day at the center of the aerospace testing universe? Well, it's, first of all, and I know this may sound corny, but it. I first joined the Air Force in 1981. I retired from active duty in, in 08. It's really great to still be able to serve, to, to, to be here and to serve the United States Air Force and be working for something that's, that's greater than myself. Um, plus, just the, the achievements that this place has had over the years and continues to have and our contributions to to the warfighter to produce more weapons to put in their hands and to make aerospace history at Edwards, it's it's really cool to be part of that. It's, it's hard to put it any other way. Many thanks to today's guest, Dave Sampson, for taking time out to share his story and taking us beyond the test. We invite our listeners to submit their suggestions for future episodes by sending us an email at beyondtest at 412tw.us. Thanks to all for joining us. I'm Don Waldman for Edwards Beyond the Test.